We got through chapter 5, didn't we? In chapter 6. Huh? That's the last chapter. Yeah. Uh, now, the things in these last two chapters that Paul talks to the Ephesians about, he also talked to the Colossians about. Got some very similar. All right. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Now, notice what he puts in there. In the Lord. He tells the wives, obey your husbands in the Lord. Meaning that nobody has a right to order you to do something that goes against the Lord. No husband can order his wife to do something that goes against the Lord. He can't tell her that she can't come to church. And she can't work in the church. He can't tell her that. God says he can't. That's not in the Lord. It's in the Lord that you serve the Lord. Amen? And that's what we do. And your children. Now, there's lots and lots of parents. You sit on these uh, uh, judge and uh, court shows. Where guys believe because they're married to a woman or just a girlfriend that that woman has to mind him and do everything that he says. That's not what the Bible says. That he owns her and they say, if you leave me, I'll kill you. And it happens all the time. Whoever thought that you have a right to kill somebody because I don't like you and don't want to be with you. I've had girlfriends and I never thought that they had to pay obeisance to me. If they didn't want me around, I don't want to be around. I don't understand these guys. That's, that's depraved mind is what that is. There's nothing godly about that. Anyway, children the same way. My children should obey me when they're under my rule because I owe them what's right before God. As I said to you, a while ago this morning. If it's right, it's not right because I say it's right. It's right because God says it's right. If it's wrong, it's not wrong because I say it's wrong. It's wrong because God says it's wrong. Years ago, you know, things are so much different now. My mother liked to have a hissy fit. The first time I put on a colored shirt and a tie and got in the pulpit, she didn't think you could get in the pulpit without a white shirt and tie. That's what we came from. And there was a time that men with beards and mustaches just, weren't, just wasn't done. 
Now, early on, back in 1800s, it was, but like in, from the 30s to the 70s, and then it started changing. I grew my mustache the year that I started Lexington Baptist College, which was 1969. I grew my mustache. And I shaved it off one time, and immediately I started growing it back. And it's never been off since then. I don't want a beard. I got the mustache. That's just what... Anyway, the pastor was on me about it. So one day he was over, and he was coming down the steps, and coming in the door was Brother Braun. And he came in the door. I put my arm around Brother Braun and looked up at the pastor. Brother Braun had a big mustache. Don't say anything about, about mine. Look at this one. He's, he's your dean. Anyway, but things were just different. That's all. Uh, but anyway, things have changed. Children ought to be made to obey the Lord while they're in your, your control. When they leave your house, you don't have control over them. When they're out from under your control, you don't have any control. Hopefully you've taught them enough before they leave your house. All right, so children, obey your parents in the Lord. He doesn't say obey your parents in everything. There are some parents that teach their children how to shoplift. There are. Matter of fact, they have whole rings of them. Teach them how to shoplift, steal, make thieves out of them, make other things out of them. But a child before God is not obligated to obey that kind of garbage. Uh, I don't know what they can do about it. They're in a rough shape being underneath that control. But obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Look quickly over at Colossians 3. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. But he says in the Lord over here, and that applies to both. This is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Over here it says, this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. And here's the promise. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. <clears throat> Children that dishonor and disobey their parents... That is, if they're disobeying the right things. According to this, probably don't live long in the earth. When I was a kid, 
I knew a couple of guys, brothers, and they absolutely talked to their mother like she was a dog. Her, the old grandmother raised them. She worked all the time. And the grandmother did not stop them from talking to her like that. They all lived in the same house. I threatened to whoop them. I didn't like that. I didn't want to be around that. Kids that backtalk their parents, abuse them verbally. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. Now to honor your father and mother, if my mother and dad were still alive, because they'd be so old now, if they were, uh, I would just be thrilled to do anything for them. Wouldn't you be thrilled to do anything for your mother and dad? Even if they hadn't been perfect mothers and daddies, I still love them. And I didn't want to do anything to dishonor them. I didn't. I'd rather die than dishonor my mother and daddy, especially my mother. But that didn't mean that as an adult, I had to do everything they told me. When I became an adult, moved out of the house, supported myself. Now there's a big deal. I supported myself. I paid for my own place to live. I paid for everything else. Be it ever so humble, wherever I had, I was supporting myself and I wasn't hitting them up for money. I can honestly say, I never did hit my mother and daddy up for money. Never. I don't ever remember my daddy pulling out a dollar and giving it to me. I don't. And I didn't ask him. I worked the time I was a nine-year-old kid, shine shoes, and I didn't ask him for any money. I went in the Navy. I never did write and ask him for money. I sent them money. But I never asked them for money. But I honored my mother and father. I think they could have told you before they died that I never did dishonor them. Not at all. And that's first, maybe that's why I'm still kicking. He says that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Isn't that what that commandment says? Look over here. Well, that's not the whole thing. Just honor thy father and mother. Read Exodus 20 and you get the rest of that promise. Just like what it says here. Now, so Colossians 3.21 says, Well, that's fathers provoke not your children. Okay, that's verse 4 here. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, 
but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, children, obey your parents and the Lord. Mama, see, he says, somehow preachers have done this, many of them have, and then men have just naturally adapted to it, that the man's the head of the house. And he's the only one who's got authority there. Mother don't have no authority. That's not what that says. It said, uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Go back to Deuteronomy. And it puts mother on an equal base with father, basis with father. Where do they get this? That, that mother doesn't have any authority. He ultimately gives account for the household, but she is not without authority. And with respect to the kids, they're both alike. So it's all equal. Now, provoke not your children to wrath. Have you ever made your children mad? By messing with them? Now, if they get mad because you're telling them to do the right thing or stopping them from doing the wrong thing, that's a different story. But if you're just messing with them and provoking them to wrath, God says you're wrong. You must not do that. And you can, you can provoke them to wrath till they want to kill you. I know what I'm talking about. And you don't have a right to do that. Those kids do not belong to you. They belong to God. And they dead sure don't belong to the government. They think they do. The government thinks your kids belong to them. And they have a right to tell you what to do with them. And they're, and they're enforcing that right all over. It's not a right. It's a dictatorship. But here's what you must do, Father. Notice he didn't say mother here. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, there are not a whole lot of fathers that can do that. Because they don't have any idea what the Lord says. Not many. But you're to bring them up in the nurture. Now admo admonishment is uh, teaching them what is right and rebuking them for what's wrong. Nurture and admonition of the Lord. So whose job is it at home to teach the children the word of God? You fathers? Seldom do you ever find a father doing that. If it's done, it's done by mama. And what a shame and a disgrace and a sin it is before God. And I, I know according to this, you're going to give account to, to God for that in the judgment. You sure are. For not bringing your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And here's the, here's the good part. If mama and daddy work together on doing it. 
and their greed. And they don't see conflict between mom and daddy over the word of God. But when you've got one or the other trying to teach the children the word of God, and the other one is teaching them against the word of God, you've got, a, you've got a, an explosive situation there. I remember a woman who came to this church and had two boys, one younger and one older. And her husband, on Sunday morning when it came time to go to Sunday school in the church, he would say, boys, I'm going to go fishing. You want to go with me or go to Sunday school with your mama? Now, what do you think those boys did? They chose fishing with their daddy. Well, it wasn't just that limited either. There, a lot of other stuff went on with the fishing. But besides that, he didn't go to church, and he did his best to stop them kids from going to church, and he accomplished it. The oldest one died of a drug overdose, and the other one's still a drug, drug head. You think, you think the old man, when he croaked, you think he had to stand before God on that? He, he will. If he hadn't already, he will. Anyway, you fathers provoke them not to wrath, but you bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants. Now that word is doulos. For slave. Well, we don't have slaves today. We kind of do have some slaves. When you're forced to work for nothing, isn't that slavery? When the government forces you to work for nothing, isn't that slavery? Well, I can tell you who's a slave. Every business owner. They have to take care of IRS's money. Pay accountants to keep the books and send the money to the government and they don't get a dime for it. That's slavery, I think. I don't think, I know it. Anyway, so we, if you're a, a worker for somebody, he says, be obedient to them that are your masters. Your masters according to the flesh, see. One is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren. But masters according to the flesh. That is, that you are employed by them. He said, be obedient to them. You know, everybody that names the name of Christ ought to be a star employee. They ought to show up for work on time. And they ought to set the example of working. If they're skylarkers, kill time, that's stealing from the boss. If he's paying you, my world is $10 an hour, your world is probably 30 If he's paying you $30 an hour to do this and that, you owe him work for that $30 an hour. Equivalent work for that. That's, a, that's an agreement. Well, I don't like what I do. Then get another job. 
But you owe, as long as you're drawing that paycheck, you better do what you've agreed to do. If you don't, it's stealing. Anyway, be obedient to them that, uh, according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Well, I don't care about them. Well, the issue is, do you care about the Lord? Because he says, when you're a good employee, you're serving Christ. I remember when I was in Lexington Baptist College, I got some calls to go work at the Union Freight Docks and hauling freight. Well, I'll tell you how long ago that was. Union scale for truck driving was $3.33 an hour. But that's the most I'd ever made in my life. I was used to a dollar, dollar and a quarter. And I go to work up there on the freight docks, city delivery, sometimes with a trailer and sometimes with a straight job. That's what I was making. And that was a blessing to me. I never did join the union. The way it was being done, I didn't have to join the union. They didn't know that. The union didn't know that. But I'd have the union stewards on the dock. Gum, slow down. You ain't working by the peace. I said, oh, buddy, when you sign my paycheck, you can tell me how to work. But you don't sign my paycheck. I'll get you at the union hall. And I said to my brother, no, you won't, because I don't ever go to union hall. You want to get me out there? I don't have a union card. <laughs> Never did have one. Anyway, I appreciated my job. I wanted to work. So you like that work? It didn't matter whether I liked it or not. I needed that work to support my family. Anyway, verse 6, not with eye service. Y'all kids know anything about rolling your eyes? Anybody ever know, ever done that? Or mama tells you to do something, daddy tells you to do something, roll your eyes. God doesn't like that. He says, not with eye service as men pleasers. Had a guy work for some painting. You tell him to do something. Gotcha, boss. <laughs> and he may or may not do it. That was eye service. Men pleasing. Just getting you off his back. Yeah, I get done to never get done. But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now that's how we're supposed to be serving Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. That's a whole lot different than just say, yeah, I'll get that done sometime. We're supposed to be doing it from the heart, amen? And doing it just like it's supposed to be done. And that's the way we're supposed to work. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Well, that's who we're working for is the Lord. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. There's a slave or free man, slave or free woman. He said uh, that the Lord is going to reward you for faithful service. 
That's what he's saying there. Now he says to the masters. So see, you've got the children, the fathers, and the servants. And then masters. Do the same things unto them. You be faithful unto the Lord with your workers. Forbearing, threatening. Don't threaten them. Bad mouth them. Knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect to persons with him. So understand, I don't care how big he is, how much money he's got, you know he's going to have six foot before long. Six foot under. And stand before the one who is the omniscient master. He says, understand, you may be a boss of thousands, but you've got one in heaven that's over you. All the way over you, and that's God Almighty. And then he talks to the brethren. It's about time to quit. I'll take that up next week.